Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hi guys, happy Wednesday. Happy post Halloween Wednesday. You know, we're recording this on Sunday this week, so the election hasn't happened yet, so we're not talking about it. And this is a close call for us because usually we record way in advance, but stuff was crazy, so. It was a crazy week. We are quickly anticipating election. Also, can I say one of the reasons I hope, I mean, there's so many, but one of the reasons I hope we have a new president is I am so excited to go back to like a boring political world where it's not like every week is a monstrosity. I mean, there are so many things I'm looking forward to. (laughs) I hope you all survived the full moon, blue moon, Halloween, slash daylight savings. Yeah. I hope you all got like rip-roaring fun drunk last night. That was like such a 2020 thing to do to have a full moon on a Halloween also on a daylight savings. That's so 2020. The last time there was a blue moon was 1944 and it was the end of World War. Or two. Jesus. There's a, there's a fun fact for you. If I wasn't clear, the last time there was a blue moon on Halloween, if I didn't say that correctly, just FYI. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a great show today. We say that every week, and every week it's a great show because it we are truly. awesome. <laughs> Today we've got Stephanie Carton from Social Fly, Entrepreneista Podcast, Market. We are talking to her about every one of her endeavors, which there are so many, and she's incredible. Plus, we are talking to her about being an IVF warrior, and, uh, you know, she gets real vulnerable and open with us, which we do that all the time, so we always love when somebody is, like, an open book with us. We're also discussing a Washington Post article from a blogger whose daughter asked her to stop writing about motherhood and why she didn't. And basically, you know, this episode's kind of like, what's up with social media? I'm really excited to talk about that article, I have to say. It's polarizing, I think. It is polarizing. It's something like Matt and I have talked about for like pre-Sebastian days. So I think it'll be fun to kind of like dive in. But as always, we have hashtag swag bag. But up next, the tits and the shits. Carrie, do you want to start? Sure. I have moved. That's the tits. It's finally happened. It happened. I'm in my office right now recording. That is the tits. Like, and for your sure. office we- is so cute. Thanks. It's not unpacked, but it's soups cute. Um, It's very flowers in the attic up here. Modern style. Yeah. And also that Luna's birthday and Halloween was so lovely with you guys. We had you and Matt and Sebastian over and the kids were in their costumes and we just had like champagne and Mexican food and cake and pie. And it was the kids so nice. Played. It was so incredibly lovely and just the speed that I needed, you know? You know, this is why I know it's almost like blasphemous to think this COVID situation for anything, but I really do appreciate this like return to simplicity and gratitude that it's really, it's not forcing us to have. There's plenty of people who aren't looking at things like that, but if not, for anything other than survival at this point. And also shout out to everyone who has social anxiety because this is great for us. Yeah. Or just introverts in general because I don't feel like I have social anxiety but I just don't like people. So how's that? I hate throwing parties. It makes me so nervous. So just having you and Matt and throwing like a very 
in my mind, manageable party. Um, my stress level wasn't high and it was just so nice to have a day where I could actually focus on the actual, what the day was, which was celebrating yeah. family and friends and my daughter and less about the anxiety of like all the other stuff. Like her first birthday, I barely remember. I was so anxious. Yeah. Like I don't even remember. I didn't even get to interact with her or see her on her first birthday. And yesterday it was just like just the right speed. So I'm so thankful for that. I have to tell you, this is how I feel about people who have big weddings all the time. It's not a criticism. It's just like, how the fuck did you enjoy it? All like you don't even get to hang out with the people you would want to hang out with because you have to say hi to everybody. You have to make everyone feel welcome. Like it's just too much work on a day that's supposed to be about you. I would never have a big wedding. I actually no. want to have a crazy destination wedding that no one can afford. So only like the really close people to me that can go or basically almost no one we can had, go to that wedding. We had 50 people and I definitely still felt like it was too many people. I mean, so. I think so. Although I have that many family members, so that would be true. Right. About. It's like you, honestly, you can't do less than 50. It's impossible. But anyway, yeah. we digress. What's your shits? I guess my shits are that I just have a lot of unpacking to do. And it's, this is like the worst shits ever, but I'm just so used to living in a small space that it feels a little overwhelming to have all these rooms. Like I, I keep being like, there's so many light bulbs and I'm going to need so many rugs. And I mean, it's like first world problems, but just unpacking this house and Luna like woke up a bunch of times last night saying she wanted to go home. And I'm like, you are a home baby. She'll get used to it. I know it's, I know it's like heartbreaking, but she'll be okay. She'll get used to it. She woke up crying out for our next door neighbor girl that she plays with. So I guess that's the shits, but I'm really happy that for once the shits aren't really that shitty. Yeah, it's pretty great. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, boo? Um, well, my shits are, uh, the tension, the anxiety is palpable at this point for me. I'm sorry to be the political one always. I just, I can't stop. I like, Matt and I watch CNN all day long. When we're in the car, we listen to serious CNN channel. I'm on Twitter reading shit all day long. Like, it is. I loved how you and my mom yesterday were going deep with Twitter talk. I was into it. was like, did you see this? (laughs) Um, because I can never talk to anybody on the same level about Twitter like that. Like, even. Matt's on Twitter and he's not like the way I am about it. So it was so nice to have somebody to like deep dive with. It's kind of like when you find somebody who's like a real housewives enthusiast, not someone who like dabbles, someone who like knows who Ray is, you know, like it's just it's. Anyway, again, I digress. <laughs> I read articles all day long and then I get really optimistic. And then other times I'm like, well, you know what? There's a really good chance that um, come Wednesday, the today, the day that this is released, we enter into a full dictatorship and uh, somebody who is not actually who we voted for maintain like stays as president. Like I remember, remember at the very beginning of Momtrage when we had Emily Tish Sussman on and yep, she was lovely. Yeah, she was great. And just like so informed. We were talking about being worried about mail fraud or I'm sorry, uh, voting fraud. And she was like, yeah, you know, really my concern is him just not going away. Leaving. Like him yeah. not accepting that he loses. And at the time I was like, wow, that's interesting, but I don't know how that's possible. And here we are. And I'm like, oh my God, we're just days away from finding out if this is real or not. It, like my personal work for tomorrow is to pack our go bags. That's how seriously freaked out I am. You know, if you watch the live show, you know, I've started medication because of all of that. Like, it's just, it's too You're not the only one. Much. A lot of people have. Yes. Any therapist you talk to will say like, yeah, I have never seen people 
like this. It's real scary. At this point, I just like kind of need the anticipation to be over so I have an answer and I can either accept it and figure out what I'm doing with my life or get blasted out of my fucking mind (laughs) and (laughs) be hungover for like two weeks because we are out of the shit. Um, yeah. So that's my shits. Uh, my tits are, yeah, Halloween was so lovely. It really was. You know, we didn't get to do the old standards of trick-or-treating and stuff. But, you know, you guys know how I feel about my family. And for me, anyone that's really a friend is also family. So, you know, you, all these people that I've had in my life for so long, they all know my parents. Like, everyone, it's it's like an all-encompassing unit for me. So The inner to, circle. Yeah. So I just just feel like these things are so nice and I've always been somebody who's taken family very seriously and not for granted as have you as are you yeah but I really just have been trying to have as many moments of we're so lucky you know we could be a lot worse off right now and we're okay we're okay like it's scary and everything but we have each other and we can eat and pay our bills and for me that's good enough that's okay for right now so that is my look at me all that aromatherapy is really helping, huh? I think so. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Thank you. So stay tuned because up next, Stephanie Carton. Our next guest is one half of the duo responsible for the podcast, Entrepreneista, and the author of the book, Like Love Follow, among other things. Please welcome to the show, Stephanie Carton. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm so excited to chat. For those of you that don't follow us obsessively on every platform that we're on, (laughs) we had Stephanie on our live show as well. So some of these questions, a few of them just to set the tone are the same, and then, then we'll split off into some other territory. But first of all, How did you become just the expert in all things social media? Well, I was actually one of the first users of Facebook when it first started. So my sophomore year at Cornell, this platform was released that was called thefacebook.com. And I remember getting an account and starting to use this platform, uploading photos, sharing it with my friends, and it started to take off virally around the campus. And I remember thinking, you know, this is going to change everything that I'm learning about in college because I was studying sales and marketing in the business and hospitality program at Cornell. But I didn't know how exactly it was going to change everything back then. But I always just stayed on the forefront with everything with social media. And I was completely obsessed. And then as new platforms started emerging, Twitter, and then Instagram, and then Pinterest, I just knew that it was really the future of marketing. So fast forward, I'm now living in New York City. I have a lot of friends who are starting businesses, and they were coming to me asking for help with sales and marketing strategies. And I started to Telling them, you know, you have to start using social media. And this is back in like 2010 before social media really was what it is today. So I just started helping some friends on the side and putting together these social strategies and they were working. And I had met Courtney, my business partner, through a mutual friend who is also an entrepreneur. And we decided to partner together on the side of our full-time jobs, working nights and weekends for about 10 months before we decided to quit our corporate jobs and go all in to launch Social Fly. So here we are now. I've lost track of time with the pandemic. I think we're in 2020. Is that 
right? I think so, but it's the longest 2020 that ever existed. Oh my gosh, yes. So yeah, here we are like 10 years later and I've been creating social strategies and running marketing campaigns for, I think we've worked with over 300 brands now over the years and super fun. Everything's changed over the years, but I absolutely love it. That's amazing. So fast forward now, you are a mom, you're still doing everything you're doing, but you have a daughter while you're doing all of this. What is your parenting social media plan in terms of, you know, having her on your platforms, you know, talking about how you take parenting advice, all of those things? Gosh, um, you know, what a complicated topic. And it's really interesting because several years ago, Courtney and I were speaking at some events for parents, teaching them how to keep kids safe on social media. And this is before I had Molly. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I cannot even imagine what it's going to be like to have a child growing up with social media because, you know, when we were all growing up, we had like AIM, we had instant messenger and that was bad. And I remember what we were doing on there. (laughs) And now with social media, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I have Molly on on my social media and I, you know, made an account for her that I really don't post on that she'll have one day, but it's terrifying. I, I don't think I ever want her ever on social media. Um, but I will say, like, personally, I learned so much from the mom community, uh, on social media and also, you know, that the infertility community and so many of the communities that I connected with through my fertility journey and my complicated pregnancy journey. There is so much good out there on social media, but it's also a really scary place for children. Yeah. I can't imagine. I, you know, having a girl, I'm so worried about that. It's like one of the things, the bullying and just uh, the catfishing and all that that just makes me, I sound too old. And that catfishing thing, it just <laughs> I just get really worried about it having a girl, at least speaking from my standpoint. The good thing is that since I know social so well, when it is the appropriate time for her to be able to be on those platforms, I feel like at least I will be able to appropriately monitor it and share all the ins and outs and the dangers, but also be able to show her the good that can come from it. So, you know, my advice to parents who have have children who are on social media is make sure you have their passwords. Be sure that you know exactly what is going on on their platforms because it is a wild world there. My husband and I talk about this all the time where I'm like, uh, absolutely, I'm going to be checking everything that Sebastian does on social media. I'm not at all shy about it. And we always have this disagreement as to whether that is invasive or keeping him safe, but I don't really care. I'm I, In my mind, it's keeping him safe. I agree. I completely agree. Thank God my partner is a computer guy, so he'll be able to get in there and I can check it out if I need to. But you know what the kids are doing now? They're creating these Finsta accounts, yep. these fake Instagram accounts. So you really need to have access to their phone and be able to see all of their platforms and channels and emails. And I agree with you. Ashley is the person that taught me about Finstas because I was yep. just, I was just looking at a uh, ex-boyfriends, new girlfriends from my regular account. I was like, like, why why are you doing this under a fake account? (laughs) And I was like, you can do that? She's like, yeah. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Let them see me. I don't give a shit. (laughs) So does social media impact in any way the way that you parent? I would say it does because I'm actually just learning so much from other parents on there. I feel like I knew absolutely nothing about parenting before I was a parent. Um, I mean, I guess a lot of people are probably in that boat. You kind of just wing it and figure it out as you go along. But for me, there's so many really incredible Instagram accounts and Facebook groups 
groups that have so much information that I learn a lot from. One of the accounts I'd started following um, was an account on baby led weaning mm-hmm. and what foods to feed your kid. And there's another account that I follow called Speech Sisters, I believe it's called, uh, learning about you know how to help your kids learn to talk. So I would say social media has really helped me. Uh, if anything, I just find these really great communities and groups to be able to learn from. So much of the advice that I got with my baby was through my mother. And I guess I just kind of took for granted that, you know, that would just always be that way. And my girlfriends that had babies after their mom had passed, they really were so grateful for social media because all those questions that you would just pick up the phone and call your your mom about, they didn't have that option. And so Facebook and Instagram really helped them feel like that missing piece was back in their life. And I hadn't even thought about that until, you know, my friends had mentioned that. Yeah, absolutely. I really don't know how people had children before these social media communities and knew what to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. I think it was called the 80s and we all have lots of <laughs> scars on our bodies to prove it. <laughs> We're in a really interesting time in the world in general, but we all just came out of, not just, we came out of a quarantine. We may possibly be going back into one. You know, do you think that social media has really helped or hurt during all of that? You know, I think it's a combination of both. There's good and bad with everything. I do think that social media has helped people stay more connected during this time. And, you know, there really hasn't been much to do besides spend time on the internet if you're stuck at home. So I do think it's helped in that regard. But I also think there's just so much misinformation out there and things, it's so easy for things to get shared that aren't necessarily true. But then something I've just realized, especially over the past year, is how do you figure out what's actually real and what to believe? And that's something that I've personally struggled with a lot during this whole pandemic is really just trying to get to the bottom of what's actually real. Yeah. I feel like uh, I had such a thin grasp of reality before and now (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I don't believe anything anymore. I'm like, I see something and I'm like, that's probably not true. And, you know, it's made me just really focus on myself, my family, you know, my friends, making sure that everyone I'm close and connected to is okay and trying not to get so sucked up into all of these other things or negative things that people are posting. I'm just naturally a very positive person. So when I see really negative things, I just tune out. Like I I don't watch the news. I pretty much don't even turn on the television at all because it all just seems so negative. And, and again, like I just don't know what to believe. So I just tune it all out and focus on creating businesses. <laughs> at the same token, I have to say that I personally found a lot of comfort at times in social media, specifically like, you know, when I was at the phase where it was like, oh my God, ambulances are coming in hazmat suits and like, you know, where things were just real, real scary. I found myself really playing with like certain things. Like I started to do my own cooking show essentially in my stories on Instagram and it was for no one other than me. It was just like, okay, well, I find comfort in cooking right now and um, putting all of my energy into the process of making Arancini is really distracting me from all the bullshit. So it really became this like, very therapeutic thing. And it really wasn't for anybody else. Um, I don't even know that people really enjoyed it, to be completely honest with you. And it doesn't matter because if you enjoyed it, that's all that matters. And that's amazing. Exactly. I'm so excited about this new venture. Tell us about your new endeavor, Market. Market is a new app for parents to be able to buy, sell, and shop for pre-loved baby and kids items. And it's a really interesting story of how this came to be. It's almost kismet. Back in January, pre-pandemic, my husband and I were out to eat with Molly, who was then, my gosh, like six or seven months old. And we were just talking about 
about all of these items that we had in the apartment that she didn't need anymore, that she had outgrown, that were in perfect condition. And my husband was like, please get this stuff out of our small apartment. There's no room for this. Her bassinet, her mama roo, her baby Bjorn bouncer. And again, these are, you know, items that they're not cheap and they're in perfect condition and we had nothing to do with them. So I started looking on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and realized, you know, how is there not like a Poshmark, but for parents to be able to buy, sell and shop for these pre-loved items. So I text my social body business partner, Courtney, and I say, you know, Courtney, I have the best business idea. And I feel like I, you know, I'm always coming to Courtney with all of these new ideas because as you'll learn about me, I'm just constantly coming up with ideas and trying to solve problems. Mm. But Courtney says to me in that moment, she's like, oh my gosh, my former boss at American Express, Anker, he just reached out to me because he's developing this exact app right now and he's looking for help with marketing. So fast forward, um, Anker comes in and meets with us. I think it was like one of the last meetings we had in our office before the pandemic in February. And we realized after spending some time together that because you know I was so passionate about this idea and I really wanted to solve this problem, he was already working on it and needed help with marketing because that was not his background, that it would make sense for me to also come on as a co-founder. So we spent the past six months during the pandemic really working on building out this app. Uh, and we have officially launched out of our beta into a brand new app that is available now nationally. So anyone who is looking to sell their gently used baby and kids items can go to market.io to download the app and create their own store or just start shopping. So I am just so excited about this new venture. You know, you've been very open with your IVF journey and we see so much on social media of people sharing their story with that hashtag IVF warrior. Did you share your journey on social media? And if so, did you find that brought you some comfort? in everything? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I tell everyone I would not have been able to get pregnant or stay pregnant if it was not for the community that I met and built through social media, specifically sharing through Instagram and uh, through Facebook groups. So when we were initially struggling to get pregnant, I actually didn't share what was going on when I was first going through my journey. Um, I had then met through social media, this woman named Andrea Siertash, who has a website called called Pregnantish. And I started reading her website. We connected. I told her what was going on with me. And I also have MS, multiple sclerosis. And I said to Andrea, you know, I've had MS for years, but going through infertility has been so much harder for me than having my MS diagnosis. And Andrea said, you know, would you be open to sharing your infertility journey and what you're going through with our community? And I agreed. And so, you know, this article came out and I hadn't shared anything about what I was going through on social media yet, even though I had always, you know, shared what was going on in my life just because of my business and running a social media agency. So when that article went live and I finally shared on Instagram, it was like a weight had been lifted off of me that I was like coming out and actually sharing what was really going on. And the response from people who just reached out to share their support, you know, people who I've known for years who were going through something similar, um, who I didn't even know that they were going through their fertility journey reached out. And then I just started sharing what was going on from day to day, from doctor appointments to different diagnoses. You know, then we eventually did get pregnant and had a very, very complicated pregnancy. And through these 
people that I met through Instagram and these Facebook groups, I learned about other doctors and treatments. And as I said, I would not have gotten pregnant or stayed pregnant if it was not through these communities. My sister felt the exact same way. She had a thin stuff for her (laughs) IVF journey. And um, it just really helped her with people who are going through the exact same thing at the same time. And then she reached out to the community to, you know, there was questions she didn't know to ask, different credentials she didn't realize to think about when picking an IVF clinic. All of these things that had not come in different genetic tests you can do, all that other kind of stuff. And it really helped her. And now it's sort of her mission to help other women going through it to help ask you the questions ahead of time so you know what to think about in choosing your doctor, stuff like that. Absolutely. It's so important. And, you know, something that I really learned through this entire experience is you have to advocate for yourself. And, you know, initially when I started going through my infertility journey, I felt paralyzed. And I'm a very, as you can tell, I'm a very type A (laughs) go-getter driven person. But with these doctors, I felt like I couldn't speak and speak up and, you know, share what I was learning and, and asking questions because all I wanted was to be able to become a mom and to have a family. And I felt like these doctors were like, I had them up on this pedestal, like they were in control of everything. When really we're the patients, we are allowed to ask questions and come with those questions. And, you know, we're paying for the treatment. So you have to be able to speak up and and advocate for yourself. And there's so much information that's out there through these communities. There's so much information through different organizations. Um, And there's a lot of research that you can really do through these Facebook and Instagram groups. I received an Instagram DM today from someone um, asking me about my experience having endometritis, which is one of the infections that I had that was preventing me from getting pregnant. And because while I was sharing my story on Instagram, I would use the hashtag endometritis when I was talking about what I was going through and then the treatment that I was given. People now will reach out to me about that because a lot of doctors don't know the proper protocol to give patients when they have endometritis and what to do. Um, So there's just so much learning that can be done through these communities. What is harder, being a boss lady or being a boss mommy? Oh my gosh, (laughs) it's all hard. It's definitely hard being a a mom and and running multiple businesses because you just, I want to do everything at once and I want to do everything really well. And there's only a limited amount of hours in the day. So just trying to prioritize each day um, and making sure that I'm making enough time for everything. It's definitely not easy and, and I do not have all the answers. I don't pretend to have them. Let me ask you, do you constantly just feel completely overwhelmed and stressed out and like you're not going to get everything done all day long? Because that's my MO. I do sometimes, but then I also try to remind myself that it's okay not to get everything done at once or in the timeline that you think it will get done in. Like it will eventually get done and you have to give yourself a break and you have to give yourself grace and not be so hard on yourself. And it's hard when we're, you know, go-getters and type A and we want to do everything and we want to do it the best, but you will make yourself sick and run down. And I've definitely done that many times. And, you know, with having MS, I have to be really careful to make sure that I am not burning myself out and running myself into the ground um, because I'm I'm really good at doing that. So just really making sure that, you know, you're taking time for yourself and it's okay. Like we're the, I feel like we're our own harshest critics. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Then please share with us so many of women are going through this right now. We're all really struggling with balancing work and, you know, our kids and we have even more responsibility because everything's happening in one place and there's just so much. So do you have a, like a number one tip 
for making your day go the way you need it to when you're juggling all those things? Oh my gosh, I have a few tips, but again, I don't pretend to know everything. I um, put everything in my calendar and schedule as much as I can. A tip that I try to take for myself that I don't always do is to make sure you're taking, you're like putting time blocks in your calendar to, you know, respond back to people on emails, to take time to get lunch, to do some things for yourself. Because if you don't put those things into your schedule, they probably won't get done and you won't have time for them. Yeah. So I've really been trying especially over the past two months to really do a better job at time blocking um, because I think that really helps. I'm fortunate right now that my husband is staying home um, with Molly and that's his full-time gig right now is uh, being with Molly during the day and he's um, doing some writing and work at night so I can focus during the day on work. Um, So that definitely helps for sure. You know, it's not easy. You know, I'm upstairs doing work and if I hear Molly crying downstairs, I want to go run down and make sure she's okay. So we've had to figure out a little um, routine that if I hear her crying, if he calls me or texts me, he'll tell me if there's an actual emergency and then I can just keep working if I don't hear from him. That time blocking thing is something we've heard time and time again from women who are high achiever boss mama babes. Time blocking is like the number one thing. I guess I need to start doing it because all y'all successful people are doing it. So I need to get on that train. Yeah, you and me both. It's it's not easy. (laughs) I got my new planner for 2021. I'm ready to go. Can you tell everybody all your stuff, plug yourself. Where can we find you? What are all your businesses? Uh, Please plug, plug, plug. Oh my gosh, you're the best. Thank you. So uh, first is Socialfly, which is our social media and influencer agency. And you can find us on social media at Socialfly. And our website is socialflyny.com. And then our podcast, and we can't wait to have you guys on, uh, is Entrepreneurs. You can follow us at Entrepreneurs. And then to download the podcast, just type in Entrepreneurista podcast, and we are available wherever you listen to your podcasts. And then Market, our app to buy and sell baby and kids gently used items. You can download the app by going to market.io and click to download there and learn more about the community. And then you can also follow Market on Instagram at hello Market, M A R K I D. And then if you want to connect with me personally on Instagram, I'm at Steph Jill Carton, and feel free to reach out on LinkedIn as well. Thank you so much. You are all over the place and in the best way possible. And it is um, very admirable. Thank you guys so much. I always say there's no secret, just a lot of hard work and you just keep going. I just looked at your daughter's picture on market. What a cute little girl you have. That is the cutest picture. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. She's our little miracle baby. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show and we can't wait to talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, so we at Momtourage are working on a private Facebook group for all of you and us. A way to connect, a way to commiserate, a way to celebrate, and a way to just bitch and moan sometimes. So we want to know what you're looking for in your Facebook group. Let us know what kind of support you want from your mom friends and your mom posse at momtouragepod at gmail.com. We're really excited to hear from you and we really value your input. 
Okay, so this next article, I read it a million years ago, and then just recently I brought it up to you when we were talking about show ideas and thinking about, you know, the role of social media, and I had remembered reading this article. Basically, Christy Tate was a blogger who kind of in the very beginning of this whole mom parenting blog thing really started and took off. And she was, you know, making money from her blog, and this was her job. And just like the way that you and I described, I should say, the way I described Scary Mommy getting the Scary Mommy job for me was that it really helped her feel fulfilled as a human after having a kid. This was like really what was giving her life again. She has been writing, I think, something like nine to 14 years on this blog, like a long time. And her daughter came of age to get a computer, a laptop, and the first week was great. Like the mom was like, oh, everything's going great. I'm so glad I waited to give her a laptop. She's using it, you know, for school and from whatever. And then it got to week two where she started Googling herself. We all know how dangerous Googling yourself can be. But this little girl Googled herself and found the mom's blog. And in it were pictures of her and, you know, scenarios, some quite embarrassing to her, like when the mom talked about uh, some bullying and some like, you know, girl to girl fight bullshit that was going on with her daughter and how she decided to handle it and stuff like that. And the daughter got really, really upset and said, Mom, I want you to stop, you know, doing this and writing about me. And the mom fought really long and hard about it. And her answer was, no, I'm not going to stop writing about this. She did decide, I think, to not include pictures and maybe adjust a little bit of how she was speaking about things because she heard her daughter. She understood. But the biggest part of her argument was that this is a really vital part of who she is. It's her job. And she has given up so many things in her life and her identity as a parent that this was one that she was not willing to let go of. Yeah. And I have really conflicting feelings about this. I mean, we're sort of making money off of our children right now. I don't know. You know, I also am conflicted. On one hand, like I said earlier, Matt and I have talked about this forever. This is going to be the first generation that, I think that's a fair statement, maybe the second generation, but the first, like, full generation that they have no say about their presence online. You know, like, we all joined Facebook when that first started, MySpace and all of that. But we were of a pretty consenting age at that point. Our kids don't really have a say in it. They may not want their whole lives exposed. And on the other hand, like, yeah, I I understand how you and she feel about it being this identity thing. And I I agree with that. But for me, this is, this is going to sound terrible. And I know I'm going to be judged for it. But like, this is my career. I never set out or intended to be a voice in the mommy sphere. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah. I mean, honestly, before baby, I'd be like, ew. Yeah, of <laughs> course. Same same here. Absolutely. But like, here we are. And not for nothing, this is where I've seen the most success in my career. In something that I've worked yeah. for for quite some time. You know, you had the soap opera and you've had all kinds of great success. This is the most success I've had. And for me to say, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. It, it's just kind of weird. And I know it also sounds selfish and terrible, but I I don't know what to tell you. You know, this is my honest truth. Well, that's like what we said. I I think this is a really polarizing thing. I mean, things I am concerned about, putting my kids face on the internet. I obviously have done it. I originally started an Instagram account just for her, but have found that now that we do the mom show, I want to put it on my personal account too. So I've kind of let that, some of the more personal private pictures I do put on hers and it's a private account. We talked to Sunny on her show and she was really concerned 
this one didn't air, but about having her kids' pictures in the background of her. Yeah, safety is a is a concern for sure. I should be more worried about that. Uh, I'm not, and maybe that's naive. I really should be worried about that. I try. I mean, Luna. I think everything that she's doing, she won't be embarrassed about because it's typical kid stuff. But as yeah. she gets older, I am going to be aware of how I tell the stories about her. But I'm still going to tell them. Yeah. I also think like you know common sense things like don't post pictures of your kid naked. I remember right. early on, you know, I did do the whole like monthly photo thing. Um, yeah. And at first it was him and his- I tried and failed, failed horribly at that. I yeah. mean, it happens. I didn't keep a baby book. That was my way of keeping a baby book was virtually once a month. That's how I did it. I was doing them in his diaper because I just like the cutest thing in the world is a baby in the diaper. And my mom was like, what are you doing? There's all kinds of like weirdo pervs out there that love shit like that. And I was like, you know what? You're totally right. And I have not posted a thing since. I mean, I have a great picture from my birthday weekend of Sebastian pissing in the wilderness. And it's like this beautiful, lit, beautiful photo of with this great stream of pee in the air. I mean, <laughs> you got to send it to me because I'm yeah, not a creep. And his little tushy. And there's no weenus out. Just a little tushy. And as much as I want to post it, I'm just like, I don't need some perv seeing that, you know? So I just yeah. try to consider safety stuff. But I'm still going to post the pictures, man. Yeah, and for me, I feel like I really feel connection doing this and sharing stories and sharing, honestly, how I fail quite a bit. Um, It's really important to me to do that. I mean, I think it's something that needs to be reevaluated pretty regularly, especially with your child as they become more cognizant of what's going on. And with changing technology and stuff. Yeah, I don't think I would be willing to drop it just because my daughter asked me. Because also, this sounds terrible, but like, you need to shut your mouth. You're a teenager. You hate everything. You don't totally understand the world, but I hear you and I respect you. And I want you to know that mommy hears you and respects you. And let's try to find a way to make this work. But I'm still the adult. And also you like that nice, expensive $400 hoverboard? Well, somebody had to pay for it. Right. I hate to like boil it down to that, but there is an element of that also, which I agree with Christy, the author on this. It's like, that is her job. That's how she affords some of these things. So there's a fine line. And I I think at the end of the day, there's no cut and dry answer. It's what works best for your family. And I might be opening a can of worms that we don't want to open, but I'm curious, guys, how do you feel on this subject? Because I really do feel like it's extremely polarizing. So hit us up. Let us know how you feel about this issue. You can reach us at momtouragepod at gmail.com, momtouragepodcast on Instagram, or the Momtourage Facebook page. Facebook page. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, Let us know what you think. I mean, give it to us. We, Ashley and I, like to stir the shit pot. So (laughs) let us know. All right. Hashtag swag bag. Hashtag swag bag. I'll go first. I sent you a teaser text last night and never finished it. I was like, you want to know what I don't understand or something like that? And then I I didn't tell you. I fell asleep. Well, me too. This is going to be my swag bag. What I don't understand. Motherfucking magic eraser. Oh, I know, right? Why is is it so magical? What is it? First of all, a couple things. Since I'm moving, I use the magic eraser a lot during this move. Yes. That's always when you get the most use. I had gone to Costco and I got like a big thing of it. So I have one for everyone who listens to this show pretty much. And when we were cleaning up the old apartment, I brought a bunch. And then here, you know, to get nicks off the wall or whatever. I do not understand how this thing works. It's like a sponge. You wet it. It magically gets off whatever fucking shit. It kind of like disintegrates in your hand. And then it leaves your hand like the creepiest feeling, driest feeling, right? 
like bad. maybe there's chemicals in there. I'm not sure. What is in a magic eraser? It is so magical. That's my swag bag pick. Everyone should have it, not just parents. It's definitely chemicals. I'm into it though. The way it leaves your hand feeling is um, legitimately the weirdest. And pro tip, magic eraser pro tip, cut it into the size you're going to need instead of using a full eraser for things, like cut a sliver off for each project. It just like lasts longer and it kind of, it's like easier to handle and stuff. Just They now make magic eraser sheets. So like they're like wipes, but magic eraser. Have Instead you of used a sponge. Them? No, but oh. I'm curious. Also, pro tip, wear gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely wear gloves. Because uh, if not, you're getting all kinds of magic chemical in your blood system, which I definitely am chock full of, but maybe I'll Me live too. to be 120. That's the trick. It, it'll erase away death. Magic <laughs> erasers. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, that's my hashtag swag bag. Fuck, what do, what's mine, Carrie? And I don't <laughs> understand it. Maybe vamp lipstick because you're really bringing it back. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to do it. This is not sponsored in any way, but the Our Place pot that I'm sure- uh, Mine's still, I'm waiting for mine. I've already ordered it. I'm sure you have all gotten the targeted ad. I cook a lot. I like cooking. I really wanted this pot because it's just, A, it's just so pretty. It's like the it's prettiest so pot. Pretty. I've never had a steamer. I don't know how that's possible. I've always like, you know, when you go to Trader Joe's, like I love the shrimp goyoza, the frozen shrimp goyoza from Trader Joe's. I always have to finagle some kind of like system to cook it. So I was like, ah, there's a steamer. There's all this stuff. Let me tell you, my husband bought it for me for my birthday. Don't give me any shit of why'd your husband give you a pot for your birthday. I asked for it. I wanted it. it. I wanted this thing. It has exceeded every single expectation I had. It is 100% worth the $160 price tag. I have Le Creuset. I have All Clad. It is a great pot. It is better than any of them. Just as expensive. More multi-use. You can use it for everything. It cleans easily. The only thing, like I think you could essentially eliminate every pot and pan you have except for a stock pot and um, a small non-stick, non-chemical, like one of the green pans, one of the small ones in case you're just making like one or two eggs because then it's kind of impractical. But that's my thing. Our place, so great. They should pay us because I just love them and want to have everything they have. I love their glassware and everything. The plates, everything. So cute. And that pot, man. Go get it. It is so, 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 so good. I can't recommend it enough. Like everyone wants one now that's come to my house, which is I'm so waiting on mine. Two people other than you. That's it. Before (laughs) I gave the impression that I have like COVID parties in my house I don't you're not Kim Kardashian no no I'm responsible (laughs) guys thank you so much for listening to the show let's all just uh take our medication and (laughs) hold tight for Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever the hell we find out oh boy all right love you guys bye Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you, and go slay. Mom Taraj is written and produced by Ashley Heron Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.